Hello everybody, welcome to this edition of The Coaching Conversation. In this series, we're looking to help business owners, business leaders see how coaching can help them and their teams be the people they want to be, achieve the things they really want to achieve in their life. We also aim it at fellow coaches. What we're really looking to do is to show them our experiences and hope that that inspires them and helps them develop their own skills and practices. I'm Graham Wiley. I've been coaching business leaders and business owners around the world for the last two decades. Nothing more to say now other than get ready, get comfortable. Here comes this edition of The Coaching Conversation. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of The Coaching Conversation. For today, I'm going to try to tackle the difficult subject of diversity and inclusion. So, as I said today, diversity and inclusion. Well, one thing to get absolutely straight up front is I am not an expert in diversity and inclusion. I am an executive coach. I meet a lot of people for whom this is a challenge. I own my own business and I am involved in managing other businesses as a leader. And therefore, I recognize that DNI is a challenge and I have been looking for help to guide me, help me through what is a very difficult subject. And it's difficult and I need help because it's scary. I, I, it's important and I really don't want to make a mistake. And I really don't want to offend anybody. It's, it is super sensitive. We all know that this raises huge emotions with people. Everything from people who complain the world's gone too woke to people who believe that they're just not being heard and they're being excluded from society. What's more important for organisations and for the people within them, their success and their legal compliance is going to be dependent on their ability to get this more right than they have done in the past. And it's confusing. I've described this as DNI, diversity and inclusion. There are people who put an E on it, so it's equality, diversity and inclusion, and sometimes they put the E in the middle. I have no idea what's right. I'm sticking with DNI. When I was reflecting on this and when I was trying to work out the help that I needed, I, I wanted to try and write down what, what the challenge was I was trying to tackle. And the first one was I wanted to help people around me in my organization, clients, get comfortable with the whole subject of, of DNI. I didn't want them to be scared and I didn't want them to share the excessive sensitivity of the subject and then get stuck. And above all else, particularly for me, I wanted to make it simple. And a little while ago, I got really lucky. I watched a video by a chap called Shazad Shamin. Shazad is, um, runs an organization called Positive Intelligence Incorporated from San Francisco. And he has a great talent in taking difficult, complicated subjects and simplifying them right out my street. And then I shared that video with two or three people whose opinions I regard highly, and they've got their feedback. 
And then I started to get some clarity around this subject and, and how perhaps you can make some serious progress. As I say, Shazad is a genius at simplifying the complex. And a lot of what I'm going to share with you is, is really built around his simplification. But I also realised I'm not alone. I'm, I'm not the only person wrestling with this. Lots of people are on their own journey and they're making their own progress. So there's things to share and things to learn along the way. I also realise that there is no single solution. What I, what I go through with you today is not the answer. It's a contribution. It's a sharing of ideas. And put it with the rest of your uh, arsenal of tools to deal with this, and it'll help, I hope. But above all else, I think actually getting started and, and committing to the journey is what really matters. And recognising that this is a journey for life. You probably, probably will never finish it. I don't even know what the finish line looks like. But as long as you're making progress and as long as you're genuinely committed to the journey, that's probably the best we can ask for. There is a place for formal policies. There is a place for formal procedures and formal training. Organisations do need to write down and do need to say out loud what they believe in, what their values are, what they'll accept and what they won't accept. And I'm not trying to override those or ignore them in any way. But I do also believe that in order to reach everybody in an organisation, whether it's in the boardroom or on the shop floor, simplification is critical. Common language, common understanding is really important as a foundation to make cultural change if we can simplify it we'll demystify it we'll all be seeing the same thing saying the same thing we should be able to make it less nerve-wracking and we should be able to increase people's confidence their ability to talk about the subject which will of itself remove the fear and I think if we simplify it, we realise we're all in the same boat. DNI is about all of us, not some of us. When you simplify things, you by definition increase the understanding. And for me, the simplification, certainly the work that Shazad shared, starts with understanding that we all have unconscious bias. And we all are in advantaged or disadvantaged groups. And these are the cornerstones of understanding the essence of DNA. So what's unconscious bias? Well, we all have unconscious biases and they, they come from the way we grew up and, and how life's treated us along the way. So me, for example, I grew up in what was a Protestant Christian household. I would not pretend it was in any way evangelical, but it was certainly until my teenage years the only real insight I had to religion. So I had no grasp of what Islam might have meant or Buddhism might have meant and how it differed or added to Christianity. I've got no idea whatsoever. And I don't even pretend to be expert at it now. I have a natural affinity, therefore, to Protestant Christianity. 
I grew up in a council house, a working class neighbourhood. And all the issues around working class neighbourhoods I experienced. And then I went and passed my 11 plus and went to the local state grammar school. I was one of five people in my year that came from uh, my end of town and went to the grammar school, which was at the other end of town, the posh end of town. And all those life experiences, the way we were treated by the teachers, the other pupils, I, I, I couldn't enjoy the things that they could enjoy because we just didn't have the money. I didn't go on the school cruise. I didn't go on the school skiing holiday. I, I, we never had international holidays. There were whole life experiences that separated me from my schoolmates. And that led to me having a view of people with money different to people who lived on my council estate. Now, as I've grown older and gone through life, things like that have changed. But the truth is, my roots were there. I inherited, I, I developed unconscious biases around my status in society. You can go further. You can give examples of how you immediately react to people you see in the street. Too fat, too thin, too tall, too short. They look wealthy, they look poor. You can jump to all sorts of inclusions around unconscious bias. And provided you realise that everybody's got them, no one's immune, it's just the way we're built, then you can become much more aware of these biases and the way they make you think. And if you can reflect on your unconscious biases, whatever they may be and how they may change over time, you can realise that they can drive you towards exclusion of other people or judgments of other people that are unhelpful. If you can increase your awareness, you can do small things that are hugely valuable in improving diversity and inclusion. You can use different vocabulary. Do you remember I said the posh end of town? Well, I don't have to say that, do I? I can just say the other end of town. I can catch myself looking at people and thinking, he's too fat, he's too thin, she's too tall, too short. I can stop myself jumping to conclusions. They would say that, wouldn't they? I can stop myself. I can accept that people have a different opinion to mine and I can let them have that opinion and I can listen to what they've got to say and learn more. I can put myself in other people's shoes, deliberately saying, this is their perspective. That's why they think the way they do, it's why they see the world they do, and that can add to my ability to be more inclusive with them. I can just be less judgmental. If I'm aware of my unconscious biases, I can take small steps that add up to a lot. And if a whole load of people in an organisation are making these small steps themselves, the organisation is by definition going to be much more inclusive, much less discriminatory. And then there's the concept of advantage groups and disadvantage groups. And advantage groups are usually the majority are usually privileged by, by being the majority. 
they're the norm they're the way things happen in this society in this organization in this club and the people in that group are usually empowered to make the decisions they're usually the ones in charge disadvantaged groups are usually the minority they're usually self-defined I'm the minority because I'm this, not that. And they're, by definition, not the norm. Which means they tend to be outside, excluded, at a distance, and not as involved. They're not involved in the decision-making in the way that they might choose. And do you know what? There was a light bulb moment. Everybody, everybody, you watching this, listening to this, included, are in advantage groups and disadvantage groups at exactly the same time. Again, I'll give you my examples. I am in the advantaged group of having had a successful career, a great education, and I've been successful in a financial context compared to most people. I'm in the disadvantaged group. I'm the wrong age to be starting my career if I want to be a senior executive. I probably won't get the interviews that I would like to get. I'm disadvantaged in the context that I live in a certain part of the world which isn't as well connected as the southeast of England. And I can go on with these examples. And that's happening to me all at the same time. So advantage groups typically are very confident. We're in charge, we know what's going on. This is, I'm, I'm in the majority. They tend to exclude people that are not like them. By definition, therefore, they become insensitive to other people who are not like them and how they might see the world. They often become unaware that there are more than one way, ways of seeing the world. By definition, that behaviour becomes self-reinforcing. If that's the way things get done around here, that's the way things do get done around here. And they can be very closed, can be very um, forbidding for people who don't fit the mould. On the other hand, disadvantaged groups have their own behaviours too. They can often be very nervous, very shy, very reticent. They can feel victimised, can feel that, Whatever happens, they're never going to win. Definitely feel excluded. I'm not part of that. They never listen to a word I say. They feel ignored. And all that adds up to a level of hypersensitivity that makes them react to things that perhaps aren't meant the way they appear to be. They can live a life of feeling offended. And again, you get this self-reinforcing, this is the way it is because this is the way that it is. And by definition, again, because they can be self-determining, they can be exclusive. We are like this. We are not like that. So if you're not like us, you can't join. So how do you close the gaps between advantage groups and disadvantage groups? Well, I got lucky again. I showed this video to a lady friend of mine who runs a large charity and, and she shared her definition of success in diversity and inclusivity. 
We just have to be more welcoming. As an organisation, we have to be more welcoming. And you know what? That is a fabulous word because it means so much. It means when hiring people, whether it's candidates or selection criteria, interviewing. When you're looking for new ideas and getting in, make sure everybody in the organisation gets a say, not just the normal old few or the people who think like you do. When you're making decisions, think about and recognise the impacts on everybody in the organisation, including customers and suppliers, but everybody in the organisation, not just the majority. And in simple terms, as an organisation and as individuals in the organisation, if you're more welcoming, you are by definition making yourself more open, possibly more vulnerable. And it's such a great word. It, it defines success in DNI so nicely for me. So how do we close these gaps? If you're an advantage group, recognise that you're in an advantage group. Tell yourself how fortunate you are. Try and understand, empathise with the other groups and see their perspective. When you're communicating with these other groups or, or the rest of the organisation, try to use vocabulary that they'll warm to, that shows that you've listened to what they've said or you understand their perspective. Better still, get them involved, actively, proactively. Seek their opinion. And then when you're making the decision, concentrate on the things that really matter. Don't get sucked into the small stuff that reinforces bad behaviours or, or sends unnecessary messages. Just focus on the big stuff, the stuff that matters. And then make sure the whole organisation understood what's been decided and is working together and is acting together as a team. If you're in a disadvantaged group, try not to see yourself as a victim. That's, that doesn't really serve anybody. It doesn't change the fact that you, you might not have the same advantages as the advantage group, but, but dwelling on it doesn't really get you anywhere. See the perspective from the advantage group or the other group. Try to seek the common ground, understand where actually you're not really so far apart. And get engaged, want, want to, push yourself forward, be involved in the discussion. And find common purpose, find where you are all together really in mindset. And once again, identify what really matters and leave behind the stuff, the triviality that just forces difference. And act together on this common purpose. So one take on DNI is to do this, simplify the complex. Help people realize that we all have unconscious bias. We all are advantaged and disadvantaged. And knowing this, we can all be more welcoming. And if we are more welcoming, we've started on this journey, this journey of a lifetime. So 
I'll leave it there. But if there are any questions, now's the time to take them. Thanks so much. See you again soon. So there you have it. That was the latest edition of the Coaching Conversation. Hope it was useful. Hope it did what it was meant to do for you. If you want any more information about our coaching practice, it's at the executivemindset.co.uk. While you're there, you can book your own free session, which will give you a much deeper insight to what coaching can really do for you. If you enjoyed the session, please give us a good rating. And if you want to reach out for further information, do email me at theexecutivemindset at sagegreen.com. That's about it for this time and look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.